Hi. Happy Mother's Day. If you're a mom, if you're not, you better have done something good for her <laughs> or be ready to. Uh, you know, every Mother's Day, I kind of think, oh, we should have like a little gift shop or something for the last minute buyer. And then I thought maybe we just put out lost and found and, you know, at least you could take something home. There's some great mugs in there, a couple of coats and whatever. So good to see you. I was, I was missing last week. We were down, Kim and I were down helping, helping Nate move from an apartment that he's been in alone to a, a house where he's with a couple of guys. So it was, it was an adventuresome trip in many ways, the driving in particular. It's not a, it's not a short drive. I think it ends up being, uh, theoretically it should be around 15 hours, I think, but when you're, when you're aged, it, it's about a three-day trip. So a <laughs> lot, lot of stopping and looking and stuffing along the way. Um, and and we, I, I made it extra special, adventuresome. Um, we, we, were, we left and planned on doing like a short part the first day and then a longer part the second day. And so we, we drove on out and uh, stopped for gas just shy of Springfield. And I went for my wallet and I'm like, ah, where's my wallet? And then we went through the debate of, can you drive across country without your wallet and, and all that? And then I started getting nervous about, where's my wallet? We drove back home. The wallet was in the van. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spend, I mean, I looked everywhere, and it, it, it had fallen, kind of tucked itself behind a water bottle. So, yeah, you're driving that part back and going, we already did this part. Should, should, you, should God not just pick you up? Remember that little roller coaster tycoon yeah, game where you could pick, pick up people and move yeah. them around? I wish God Unhappy could have moved me. Throw them out yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, and then the way back, you know, we, we, we left on Monday and we're driving along and we're listening to Oklahoma radio. And man, they can report a tornado like nobody's business. They, they're, they're talking about all the details and we were about... Uh, probably about an hour ahead of the tornadoes all the way through as we drove 90 miles an hour on back up to trying to get out of there as fast as we could. So, boy, it was a fun trip. Yeah. We had a great time. <laughs> we had a, just a great time. It was, it was fantastic. Very, very good. How was your week? It was very good. Uh, I, I just wanted to give a little insight. Going back to the Mother's Day thing, um, we, you don't need to get flowers. Now, moms who want flowers, please... Make it very clear that you want flowers. But today, I was able to make my mom very happy with a sandwich. See, Aww. I was down at Illinois State yesterday uh, watching my sister-in-law graduate from the university. And we stopped by Avanti's on the way home. And, and so I came in. It looked like a, a bouquet of flowers. And as I handed it to her, she's like, this is, is this a sandwich from Avanti's? So yeah, um, this seamless tie-in. We know that, that moms like to have the night off when it comes to Mother's Day and having to make food for everybody and scramble and do everything so revived tonight. We are going to be hanging out with our moms, normal time, 6 to 8, and we're going to make food for you. And by oh, wow. we're going to make food for you, I mean, I'm calling Rosati's, and we're going to have a lot of good food made awesome. for us by Rosati's. Awesome. <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> so, wonderful. Uh, so that's, that's what's going on tonight with students. I just wanted to make sure that, uh, that moms knew you actually are invited. We'd love to have you tonight. Very fun, very fun tradition y'all have. So yeah. um, I'm missing, is the clicker sitting down there? Would you mind bringing that? I hate to make you work on Mother's Day. There you go, <laughs> Julia. Thank you so much. That's so kind. So you got your, your weekend update, and there was, there was a lot of fun stuff in here. Again, 
keeping you updated. The, the first one, we, we've had to do a little bit of a revision on the Green Lake food list mm -hmm. because y'all came through like nobody's business. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, within one week, we pretty much had fulfilled everything that we needed off that original list. And because of that, well, not directly because of that, but you remember when I said way back that I'm bad with deadlines? I yeah. push deadlines yeah. sometimes. Yeah. When you hear a story of someone who missed a deadline, you're like, oh, that's such a cool story. I'll stretch for you. Yeah, we have 102 students going to Green Lake Woo. now. So awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Which, but that means that we, we need more food. <laughs> and that list of food includes RX bars. I don't even know what those are, but chocolate sea salt sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cliff bar, Blueberry crisp Cliff bars, trail mix, fruit snacks, Capri Sun, Mini Kind bars, granola bars, basically any of that quick stuff that can go right into a pocket and hopefully be eaten before it melts. Uh, all that we would be looking forward to, to having for the trip. So. so you just bring that in on Sunday morning, bring it to the Info Hub, they take mm -hmm. care of it. We, we stopped on the way back from Texas, just stopped into church before we headed home, and, and Kim, your mother, opened, opened the, the prep room door, and she's like, oh my word, look at all this food. It was amazing. So great job. You've done a wonderful job keeping yeah. up. You've also done a wonderful job on the Quest invites. I think the last I looked, I did not look this morning, but sometime yesterday I looked and we're at, we're at 177 kids signed up for Quest. So we're, we're creeping toward yeah. 200. Yeah. It's awesome. Very wonderful. So my goodness, our, our original, I mean, our original was, boy, if we could make it to 175, that would be great. 200 would be awesome. So, so we're at great. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's incredible uh, to see what's happening with that. So, so keep that up. Some other things uh, that, were, that were not necessarily listed there, uh, a lot of you already got your bracelets. It's been fun mm -hmm. wearing this. And, you know, I, I must admit, I've known Romans 3.23 for quite a while, but it's still kind of cool, though, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Those letters, those letters really do help you mm -hmm. to kind of keep it in order. And, and given the fact that I've memorized it in like seven versions, it's good to have, have one version and just kind of get that one down. So well, it's uh, fun to see where people are at too. Like I'm looking down here at Katie. Katie's wrist is completely covered in colors of these verses. So, <laughs> so clearly she's jumped ahead. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 fantastic. So so keep up with that with the learning of the Romans Road, yeah. knowing those verses, those verses that help us to to lead other people Christ. It, it's it, it's just so absolutely important. Uh, we had a great response. I mean, everything's just been an awesome response. Great response to uh, people maintaining the islands and gardens around the church. So uh, we, have, we, have enough, we have more people signed up right now than we've ever had signed up. And, and what I'd really love to do if we could, if we could get two more, if we could get two more, everybody will get a, a smaller space instead of, instead of kind of big space. So, so if you're up for maintaining an island or a flower bed for the summer, it's pretty easy. It's all about making sure it stays weed-free and litter-free. You're not planting, you're not trimming, or anything like that. It's just weed-free, litter-free, and we provide you the supplies to do that. A lot of people uh, make that part of their Sunday morning trip to church. Mm -hmm. They get done with church, go out, make sure their weeds are, are done and whatever. But if you're, if you're up for doing that, really could use two more, and if you'd check in at the Info Hub with that, that would be really great. I, I got to watch you do announcements last week, so I saw you getting all confused on step out, step in, <laughs> step up. It, it's, it's a pretty simple order. Out is out of your seat. Uh -huh. So you're stepping out of anonymity, right? What? 
Uh, no, just keep going. Okay. All right. You're stepping out of anonymity. For a lot of us, we come to a church and uh, we, we spend the first several weeks and even more just kind of observing, checking mm-hmm. things out, wondering what's going on. And then there comes a point that you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to actually say hi to somebody, connect with somebody. So we try making uh, connection a, a little bit more um, overt where you come on down front after church to this side. We got an iPad up here. We'll take your picture, write your name on it because mm-hmm. names matter. Names really matter. Knowing people by name is really, really important. And, and what I've loved about this already is we've had some people, uh, George and Stacy Roselle, for example, they've been around you know, since the installation of the rock out at, out at the front of the parking lot. They've been around for a while. But it's, it's great for someone who's been around still to come up and say, hey, get my picture on that so that, so that my name can be known too. And mm-hmm. we, we share that with some of our leaders. It's not going on a Facebook page. We're not disseminating it to the whole church. You don't have to worry about that or handing you over to the FBI, not doing any, any of that stuff. We're just, we're just wanting to be able to get your name down. So you step out. Stepping in is stepping into life at Southfield. So two-week uh, two group that meets to just talk about the basics of what we're all about, to have an understanding uh, of what the church is all about. And that, that's happening actually next week and the week after from three to five here. And then step up is really the chance to step up to serving, to step up to, to membership, to, to saying, I'm formalizing my commitment to this place, and we're offering that one two weeks in June. So all of those links are found for you, I believe, in that, in that, uh, in that update, and you can go ahead and click on those and, and get involved. All right? Makes sense? You got it? Now it does. You'll, yeah. you'll never forget I think again, I right? I went through every line of reasoning, and man, I, I'm, just, I'm just a dumb guy. It's okay. <laughs> You're not dumb. No, that's why I'm wearing glasses. You're wearing glasses so yeah. you can see. I'm wearing glasses so Harry can make fun of me. That He gave me my first four eyes joke. And yes, these are real. I'm not trying to look like a Hillsong pastor. I'm not switching over to the worship team. Okay? Well, it's your just... jeans aren't skinny enough and you're not tattooed enough. So... <laughs> I'll start working on dreadlocks. And soon. you need your seventh piercing. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, today is Mother's Day, and we thought we'd honor it with a little bit of a video clip here. Let's go for that. have to wash your hands. I have so much time to myself. Hey, walk away when I'm talking to you. My kids really respect my privacy. When this timer goes off, please turn it off and do not tell me. Thanks. Here, can you use up all my battery? Don't call me when you get there. I don't want to know where you are. It is just too quiet in this car. Okay, we're about to leave for church, so if you're going to make a huge mess, you better do it now. I don't know. Your dad usually does everything around here. All of these people are such good drivers. Eating dinner is completely optional. Hanging up your towel is completely optional. Flushing the toilet is completely optional. Okay, this time, can you smile more like a crazy lunatic hey you want to dig through the fridge for the fifth time today i definitely rather be here than at the beach i am loving the look of these chips on the floor i am loving the smell of your feet in my face i am loving this back pain get a massage ew no thanks take anything you want from my closet and don't worry about putting it back don't look at the camera look over there if your sister takes your toy just give her a good smack on the head hey come drink that grape juice in here on the carpet it's dinner time everybody come get a snack 
same pair of underwear all week long? Everybody wants to take that mom home today, so let's pray together. Father God in heaven, we're, we're grateful, ever so grateful, that you created us in your image. Male and female, you created us uh, so that we could be a perfect and beautiful reflection of you and your character. Uh, man alone, we would only get one perspective. Woman alone, we would only get one perspective. But when man and woman are brought together in beautiful, complementary unity, we get the privilege of knowing and understanding who you are better. And it is through moms that we learn so many, so many of your great and wonderful character traits. God, we're grateful and thankful for the moms that you have placed in our lives, and we celebrate them today. We also recognize that today is, uh, is not always the easiest day. It's a day for some that they're spending their first, their first year without their mom. Or maybe it's been multiple years, and it just brings back that moment of, of remembering again the, the love and embrace that was known from that woman in their life. For some moms, it's a tough day because, uh, because of a, a, a child who's no longer here or a child that's wandering away from God or even a child that just lives 880, 888 miles away. Whatever it may be, God, we know that celebrations are also always mixed with moments of um, sadness for some as well. We pray that you the God of all comfort, would bring comfort to hurting hearts. And we pray that you, the God of all celebration, would teach us how to celebrate each other more and better all the time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, we've been doing Rooted for so long that I don't think I've ever done a different sermon series. It feels like we've been doing Rooted for a long, 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 long time. And then, uh, you know, normally a series ends and it's time to begin a new series. And so I've been kind of looking at some different books of the Bible and, and ideas, places that we might go. And I wondered if we should just go ahead and, and start in on it right away today. And then, and then as I looked at it, I was like, well, let's, let's take a moment to, to take advantage of this moment, this formative moment, to, to, look at, to look at moms, to look at who a mom is and, and the difference she makes in our life by the character that God has, has placed in her. I, I believe that God has, God has given women some, some beautiful, wonderful, unique elements that are totally different from men. And as we look at them, we then learn some things about our God that are amazing and that bring completeness to the picture, to the absolute picture of God. And so I wanted to look at a particular character trait, and as I did, I started to realize that what we're doing today is we're not really just looking at a mom. We're not just looking at a woman, but we're really taking the time to look at God. And here's what I mean. If you want to get to know God better, there are a handful of ways you can do that. One, of course, is to dig into his word. You read. You read about God by reading the word of God. So, you know, I, I just finished Judges in my Bible reading, and believe it or not, even in Judges, you can learn some things about the nature and character of God. We learn that way. 
The Bible also tells us that, that we learn about God by, by looking at creation. The heavens declare the glories of God. And so by, by simply looking at creation, the Bible tells us that, that we're without excuse. We look at creation and we can see the handiwork of God. And in the handiwork of God, we get a picture of who God is. I also believe we learn who God is by looking at ourselves. Because here's what the Bible tells us quite clearly. And we look at this verse a lot around here. We are created in the image of God. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He made us in his image. Unique among all of creation, we are stamped with the picture of God on us. We can look at a human being, and by looking at a human being, the non-sinful side of a human being, we can start to get to know more about who God is and what he's all about. And, and so the privilege this morning of looking at female gives us a chance to look a little bit more at who God is. Now, I, I'm going to talk about a character trait today, and as I do, I'm not saying that it's a uniquely female character trait. We all have this trait. But I promise you that when we talk about this, more often than not, we allude to our moms when we talk about this particular trait. My mom um, is celebrating kind of a mon monumental year this year. She was born in uh, 1942, so this is year 80. She'll be 80 years old in August. And not only that, but my mom and dad will be celebrating 60 years of marriage in just two weeks. So, and, and it was shortly, it was like a, a, a year no, 11 months after their wedding that I appeared, and then another kid, and then another kid, and then another kid. Four kids, five years, and this woman who was barely 25 years old was shepherding a herd all the time. I watched my mom growing up, and then I've watched my mom, obviously, as an adult, and there were a handful of character traits that I really admired about my mom. Uh, the first one is that my mom had an incredible ability to make things stretch. Our, our family, I would describe us as lower middle class. We did not have a lot, and, and we were actually alive the last time inflation was inflicted on us. And so between those two things, we didn't have a lot. My dad told a story recently of, of my mom actually going to the grocery store, coming home and crying. Because, because there was not enough money to make things stretch. But she could, she could stretch a meal. Almost every meal, it didn't matter what it was, it had macaroni and tomatoes involved in it. I'm surprised we did not find them stuffed in our turkey. I mean, everywhere you went, macaroni and tomatoes, and it doubled the amount of the meal every time. So there was enough to feed a very hungry family of six. She was, she was fantastic at making things stretch. She was also really, really good at sacrifice. It's not hard for me to imagine what my mom wore because she only owned a few sets of clothing. She really did. She only had a few sets of, 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 of slacks, a few sets of blouses. That was it. She was not going out all the time, buying another set of clothes, buying something else for herself. We were providing enough challenges. I, I had a very promising height future. I was in like sixth grade, and I started to grow. And by the time I'm at the end of seventh grade, I'm already at 5'8", and everybody's imagining I'm going to be 6'4". And I grew about another inch, and that was that. But, but in that season, and you might be there with some of your kids, there's something about the pants that they just keep going up. And, and, and at least 
in that era, it was not in style to wear them that high. Now Phil Wickham says it is. But anyway, you know, she was always buying something for us and not for herself. A person of tremendous sacrifice. There's another character trait that, that I don't think I fully appreciated uh, until I was an adult. Um, I've told this story before of the fact that when, I was, that when I was about 14 years old, my best friend died. And that, that caused me to go through a season of, of real bleakness and despair. I had a really, really difficult time with that for probably about five years. And, and my mom told me um, a little bit later along the way, I don't remember doing this, but apparently I used to, I used to write notes about um, how much better life would be if I weren't here. And I'd leave them on the side of my bed. And uh, she found some of them. You know, this is, some of you have had this happen as parents, that, that you find or you hear a message from your kid, a message of desperation. You're like, what do I do? What do I do with this? And, and I, know that, I know that she went and talked to our pastor. She was trying to figure out what to do. But what she decided to do was, as much as possible, she decided to just be there all the time. In fact, my mom was there all the time. She never worked outside of the home, so... She saw us off in the morning. She was there when we came home. I can't think of a time that my mom was not around. But in that season of tremendous pain, she just she just come out wandering into my room and sit down. And she didn't do a lot of probing, a lot of talking, a lot of, hey, I found a note, or anything like that. She just sat there. She just sat there. She's just there. Or I'd go on into her room at night, and she liked to read, and so, you know, I'd come in. And when I'd come in, that, that, book, would, that book would be shut and next to her immediately. She wouldn't spend another, another second looking, and, and she, just, she just let me kind of pour my, pour my head out and heart out. She's present. She was there. And that character trait is a character trait of God our Father. He's present. He's there all the time. Now, that's not to say dad, dads aren't present. Dads can be present. But when you think of presence, more often than not, I promise you, it's a thought of your mom. It's the thought of your mom that was there all the time, all the, all the time there for you. And so I want to talk some this morning about presence, that character trait of God that needs to be part of our character with other human beings, being fully present with them. I, I, when I was thinking about talking about presence, I just, I just typed it in to see what would come up in the wonderful world of Gurgle. And, and as I did, this, this quote came up that was really cool. Most humans are, are never fully present in the now, because unconsciously they believe that the next moment must be more important than this one, but then you miss your whole life, which is never not now. Great quote. Awesome quote. And I think when we talk about being present more often than not, that's what we're talking about. I, I don't know about you, but I had stages of life, seasons of life uh, that, that I was always living for the next thing. I'm in high school, I can't wait to graduate to get to college. About three minutes into college, can't wait to graduate to be at my job. At that job, can't wait to get a new job. You know, you're always waiting for the next thing until I don't know when the magic moment comes, but all of a sudden you realize there's less sand in your timer than there used to be, and you go, can we stop the sand? Can we just live in the moment? Stop, 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 don't go any further. So that's one angle, obviously, to take on the present. As I was looking at different quotes, I found one by Jim Elliott. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim, Jim Elliott. He was, a, he was a missionary to the Alka Indians in South, South America. And uh, he and some friends made inroads with, the, the, with that Indian group. And then one day, uh, they came out and, and killed. They executed all four of these men. 
And so you had, you had several women who were, who were left alone, little children, and, and, and this dreadful pain. Jim Elliott was known for, for keeping a diary, and he was known for some great, great quotes. I did not know he had this quote, but I, but I love it. He said, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. That, that is a great quote. But what I found was that he didn't just say that. He took it a little bit further. The quote was fuller. It said, wherever you are, be all there. Live to the hilt. In, live to the hilt every situation you believe the will of God. Live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. Live fully into it. Now, I look at a quote like that, and, you know, it feels like it belongs on a fridge or something, highly inspirational and, and highly aspirational. When we look at a quote like that, we think about all the great, awesome, amazing things we're going to do with our lives. Oh, there's got to be something in the will of God that's going to be amazing, awesome, incredible, adventuresome, maybe even make me famous. It's going to be out there. But, but you know what I find about this quote? Most of life is not lived in the amazing, awesome, adventuresome. Most of life is lived in the incredibly boring. Most of life is lived in the utterly ordinary. And you know what? It's exactly where God called you to be. God called you, some of you, to be a husband or a wife. God called you, called me, to be a dad. God called me to be a pastor in this place. God called me to be a neighbor to the people around me. He called me to these different positions in life. And, you know, we're always looking for the, the big, outrageous, adventuresome thing instead of living fully present in the ordinary moment, being there when my kid shows up, actually listening when my spouse talks instead of just pressing the uh-huh button being fully present to the other person. This isn't all about aspiration. This is about what's the common, ordinary thing God has called you to do that he's saying, would you live fully present in that moment? God is a present God. He's present in our extraordinary. More often than not, we're, we're aware of his presence when we, when we just missed the car accident or, or when, when we're cancer-free or something like that. Oh, we're very aware of God. But you know, God was there today when you poured your cereal, when you filled your coffee cup. God was there today when you opened your eyes and said, oh, God's there all the time. He's always, always present. And as we look at the word of God over and over, we see his presence expressed with that little word, with, with. He was with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. Came to just walk with them. I love a little further into Genesis, we have the story of Enoch. What does it say about Enoch? He walked with God faithfully. And in fact, it goes further to say he was with them and then he was no more because God took him. He just, he just enjoyed being with God and God enjoyed being with him. As you go further in the book of Genesis, I think part of the reason we're intrigued by the story of Joseph is this line that comes up again and again. He's sold off to slavery by his brothers, and you might think of yourself as sold off into a, a foreign land as a place of loneliness. What does it say? God was with Joseph in that place. 
He, he leaves the slavery and goes to prison. And what does it say about prison? The Lord was with Joseph in that place. Even the jailer himself recognizes that God is with Joseph and, and is there to help him in every situation. He's there. He's with you as well. Keep going in the word of God as the, as the, as the people of Israel go from their time of Egypt to the promised land. The witness, the presence of God is a very dominant theme. God says to Moses as he's calling him to lead the people, I will be with you. You won't be alone in this. When, when Moses comes to the end of his life and he's, and he's passing the torch to Joshua, he says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or terrified because the Lord goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And Joshua is even told directly by God himself, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In the book of Isaiah, incredibly inspirational verse, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. You come over to the New Testament, and, and the with theme continues. The, the, the theme of presence continues. Jesus, as he's leaving the earth, gives his disciples the great commission. He says, go make disciples, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. His final words in the Bible, Revelation 3.20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they will be with me. We spent all of Advent and post-Advent looking at the name Emmanuel, the with us God. Emmanuel literally means God with us. You see, when we, when we look at presence, we're not simply looking at the character trait of a good mom or a good dad. We're looking at the character trait of God our Father. And their character trait is stamped on human beings. And we have a choice. Are we going to live into that character trait or are we going to avoid it? Are we, going to, are we actually going to neglect being like God? This is a formative moment for us. Are we going to choose to reflect the nature of God in our ordinary moments? in our roles as spouse, as parent, as our roles as employer, employee, as friend, in our role as neighbor, are we going to choose to be with the way God is with us? And so I asked the question this morning, what keeps us from practicing presence? And in good pastor fashion, I'll just give you three ideas. Sin, distraction, and delay. Yep, sin. Part of the reason we're not with people is because we choose to sin. What do I mean by that? If we're choosing to not be like God, we're choosing sin. We're choosing the opposite of what God is and who God is. In weddings, people love hearing the reading of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Problem is, it's not just meant for a wedding. It's meant for life, right? Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or rude. It's rude to not be present. It's rude to ignore the presence of another human being who has God's image stamped on them. It's just plain rude to ignore other people. And yet we choose, we sinfully choose to live in a state of rudeness. Why? Well, 
because we tend to be pretty selfish. And amazingly, the Bible has something to say about that too. Philippians 2, 3, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress each others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. We will be more fully present if we're thinking about the other person instead of thinking about us. But more often than not, the reason we are not present is because we've got our mind's eye on us instead of the other person in the room. Sin keeps us from practicing presence. So does distraction. And clearly I could spend all morning on this and probably, probably an entire sermon series on all the modern distractions that we have. The fact that I'll walk into a room full of adults and rather than them all standing and talking to each other, what are they doing? They're, standing, they're staring at the virtual friend that's not in the room. They got their, you know, y'all want to talk about the kids being on their phone too much? Hey, guess what? You're a good teacher. You're a really good teacher. Your nose is stuck in that stupid phone. I've said this before, and I mean it. Leave your phone in the car when you come to church. <gasps> I don't know if I could do that. Oh, oh. They're addicted to that thing. Leave it there. Leave it there. For an hour, I promise you. You know what? When I was growing up, phone was on the wall, and it stayed home. <laughs> and if an emergency happened, you know what happened? It would ring. And we were there. And that was before we had a beep, leave a message. That, that was way back when we had a thing called a party line, when somebody else would answer for you, right? I mean, come on. Leave it behind. A person's in the room. A person's in the room. Put away the thing that distracts you, the phone, the pad, the computer, the TV, the remote that you love and caress. Put it away. Put it away. A person's in the room. Put away the distractions. Sometimes it's just the distractions of, of what's going on in our life, right? We're, we're obsessed in the moment with what's going on in our life, and we're paying attention to us instead of paying attention to the other person in the room. The, the other thing that gets, oh, I have a verse for you. The third one is delay, delay. And on delay, look at James chapter 4. It says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year, we'll do business there and make a profit. But what you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we'll live there and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. You see, what, what, what it really comes down to, we, we, we sinfully, we're sinfully rude and selfish and we're distracted all the time. But the third thing is that we always think that we'll just do it later. I'll pay attention to the person later. I'll be there for them later. Uh, my children now are 32, 30, and almost 24. And there was a time when they were much, much, much younger that it felt like they would never leave our house, right? <laughs> where, where, where every day you woke up and that day felt like the day before. And you're like, oh my word, another nose to wipe. Oh my word. And you're just another, another trip to Manuka Junior High to drop them off to do this or that or the other thing. And I tell you as a geezer, and you've heard it from so many geezers, why in the world are you not treasuring that moment? Because when it's gone, it's gone. It's gone. And you delay. You keep thinking, you know, and it's not just kids. You delay with your parents. And then you're in Iowa wondering, where did so-and-so live? And the phone number's still in the phone, but, but it doesn't reach heaven. 
and you delay. You keep putting off presence thinking, I got time. And the Bible says your life is like a mist. It's like a vapor. <laughs> Bible says he might give you 70, 80 years and then <laughs> broken hip, you're gone. And we keep thinking we got time. You don't have time. You have now. When are you going to use it? When are you going to use it? When are you going to be present now? Now. So, what are the best practices of practiced presence? How do we do this well? I'd love to say I do it well. I do it well sometimes. And sometimes I really stink at it. So let me give you, again, a few things you might work on in practicing presence. And if somebody is working on this, please don't call it to, oh, you listen to Dennis today, I can tell. Don't do that to them. <laughs> in, in, invite the change, invite the transformation that's taking place in them. I think one of the places we can start is greetings and goodbyes. I don't know what happened in our society that we don't say hi and bye anymore. I, you know, we'll be great with each other on Facebook. Oh, and then you see the person in, in person, you're like, do we know each other? You're so friendly online. And then, and then you, you lose the ability to say hi in person, greetings and goodbyes. Your kid comes home from school Hey, how you doing? And, and, and you don't put up with human vegetation walking through the room. You say, I want a high back. Come on. Work on the hellos. You walk into a room, say hello to people, say hi. And the same is true of goodbye. There's something about some of us that, that we love to just ghost out. We don't like to say goodbye. Say goodbye to another person. Let them know, I'm present now. I'm not going to be present now. Work on the hellos and the goodbyes. So important. You know, the Bible, I, I went from memory. I was like, I know the Bible says greet each other with a holy, holy kiss. We are not instituting that policy. <laughs> what I did not realize is that it's listed five times. You, you know, I'm talking about hellos and goodbyes, and you're like, can he be more petty? Really? You're talking about something. Paul and Peter thought it was important enough to say, would you greet each other? And they say it at the end of their books. As they're saying goodbye, they say, make sure you spend the time to look at someone else, engage them, say hello, say goodbye. I tell you what, we talk about being light and salt in the world. Nobody says hello and goodbye anymore. You say hello, it's amazing. People will be like, what, what, what's that? You're showing them the image of God simply by greeting and goodbying. How about this one? Lean in and ask questions. Study the conversations of Jesus. You think Jesus was always telling people stuff? Jesus is always asking people stuff. Constantly. You look at the conversation with Nicodemus. It's question after question after question. You look at the conversation with the woman at the well, question after question after question. And if you ask the question, would you please listen for the answer? It's not just a gimmick or technique. Ask the question and then give the chance for the answer. And don't think of your story and fill the space with it. Listen, be present in listening as they answer the question. And then look intently and listen actively. This is, if you look again at the conversations of Jesus, here's what I found intriguing. Look at the conversations he has with Peter. 
Again and again and again, the Scripture writer writes these words. He looked at Peter and said, he looked at Peter and said, he looked him in the eyes. He looked him in the eyes and he talked to him. Presence is conveyed through these. Presence is conveyed by looking at the other person, by looking them in the eyes, by catching, by catching that moment of presence with them. Greetings and goodbyes, leaning and asking questions, looking intently, listening actively. These are all ways that we can express, I'm here for you. I'm present for you. And in doing that, we're, we're not just imitating a great mom. We're living out the stamped image of God on us. God is there for us. He's Emmanuel. He's with us always. And he wants us to show that to other people as well. And so I leave you with a simple question and a simple assignment, and that is this. How will I practice presence? What will you do today? What will you do this week? That'll be a switch for you. Maybe you'll make a determination right now that every time, every time someone walks in the room, I'm going to say hi. We, we have a, you know, we're, we're, we're alone now at our house. Kim wakes up in the morning, and I purposely and intentionally, wherever I am, and no matter how much my body hurts that day, I purposely stand up out of the chair when she enters the room and go over and hug her and say good morning. Let the person know you noticed they're there. Now, you may cause some heart attacks. Get a reservation at St. Joe's, but you know, <laughs> what are you going to do to show someone else you're there? Think about it. Use the moment to think about it as we go to communion. Because, because what's beautiful about communion, this is a reminder of the presence of Jesus. It's a reminder that he's with us always to the very end of the age. And so as he is showing off his presence to us, let's think of the ways that we will be a reflection of that presence to other people. Father God in heaven, as we come to communion today, I pray that we will, we will be convicted and challenged to live out more fully the image stamped on us. The image of God, the always present God. In Jesus' name, amen. That song lasted three minutes and 43 seconds, and we were done at about two minutes and 30 seconds. And y'all are like, they could just fade it out and we could get on to the next thing. We need those moments to practice being present with God. In a moment of quiet and not doing anything, just practice being present with God. So take advantage of those moments at church because I tell you what, they don't happen often enough in real life that we can just be quiet and reflect on the presence of God. The image behind me is an image of a red bud. Uh, we, we became acquainted with red buds when we lived in St. Louis. They grow wild all over the place down there. They do some up here as well. If you get a chance to, to float the Kankakee River, you'll see them growing along the river's edge. And they typically, they typically bloom the last week of April, although this year they were a little late thanks to the air conditioning staying on just a little bit too long. 
Yesterday afternoon, I was standing at the kitchen window, and I noticed we have new neighbors. We've lived next to an empty lot for almost 20 years, and a house went in, and those new neighbors have two little kids. Uh, they're probably five and three. They're, they're small. They're cute. And, um, and they happened to be standing at the back of our yard by the red buds, and then they were squatting by the red buds, looking. They're just looking, looking. I'm trying to figure out why are these kids staring at mulch? And then the little girl picked up a piece of mulch, and she was holding it, and then she put the piece of mulch down, and it hopped. And I realized it was not a piece of mulch. She had found a little frog in the, in the mulch, and they were, they were enjoying the presence of the frog. And, and, then, and then the next thing was so cute. They started, our red buds are blooming, and they started just picking, picking little blooms off the red bud. I'm like, what in the world are they doing now? And they took the picked red bud buds off and laid them down by the frog, hoping the frog would eat them. And so they're trying to feed the frog red bud buds. And uh, I, I, I say this this morning, not only because it was cute as anything, but because even though I was not with them, I was present in that moment, paying attention to it. And I think too often the reason we're not present is because we're not simply stopping long enough to see what's going on. To watch your child picking flowers off a bush and feeding them to a frog. And then when they come in, you don't have to talk about it. You just know that about them. And you hug them because you love them. Figure out ways to be more fully present with the people you love, and even the people you don't. Let's sing. our teaching today practice presence and and the reason we said that is because it will take some practice uh, for some of you you're headed off to uh, a mother's day celebration maybe at a at a you know family gathering and if you've been a part of that family long enough you all have fallen into your slots and roles you know exactly what you do in that space every time it's part of the reason i've loved moving when we moved from Bethel Drive to the school, y'all didn't know what to do for about four weeks. And then you found your spot. And then we moved in here, and you all didn't know what to do for about four weeks. And then you found your spot. When we're together in the place enough, we tend to find our spot. And what I'm encouraging you to do this week is to do a little shifting of the spot. Think about the way you normally act in that situation and how in this moment, in this role, am I not present? And choose to be present. doesn't mean you have to become the life of the party. Pull someone aside. Spend some time with one person talking to them, but be present with them. And we'll give you a couple opportunities for presence even as we end this morning. 
On this side, uh, Diane Jacobowski will be down here today, and she'll be ready to pray with you if you need some prayer or just want to celebrate in praying to God. And then on this side, uh, Julia is going to be helping me. She'll be taking your picture, and we'll spend some time talking uh, with step-out moment where you get a chance to let us know who you are, get your picture taken so that we can get that name down. Because honestly, my brain, if we could pull it out, it looks like Swiss cheese, lots of holes. So I got to take time looking at images and getting those names down, and we can have a, a better relationship in that. Names matter. That's a big piece of presence, knowing a person's name. So enjoy your Mother's Day. Thanks for being here today. <laughs>